Art, books, culture, games, sex, style, the strange, the subversive, the beautifully grotesque. Dirge Magazine is the premier dark culture magazine covering counterculture, arts and entertainment, lifestyle, editorials, and more. Online at dirgemagazine.com. Dirge is a place to see things you haven't seen before with a fresh take on the dark side where clickbait garbage journalism is wholeheartedly rejected while keeping things sexy, smart, and darkly funny. Renee Asher Pickup is a mellowed out punk rocker living in Southern California. She is senior editor at Dirge Magazine, class facilitator at Lit Reactor, and is one of the hosts of the Unprintable podcast. Renee writes fiction about bad things happening to flawed people and stands by the statement that From Dusk Till Dawn changed her life. Mortals have a thousand names for him, but you may know him as Jinx Strange as the editor-in-chief of Dirge Magazine and the father of two little blonde goblins in the Wisconsin region of Skyrim. He is the only professional glampire on LinkedIn. Renee and Jinx, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Hey, guys. We have uh, had you on the books for a while. Me and you, uh, Jinx, have been uh, incommunicado for quite some time. I've been a fan of Dirge Magazine, I think, pretty much since it launched. I'm delighted to have the two higher-ups here on the program today. I was just going over the Dirge Magazine website, and that's dirgemag.com. Just some of the headlines that you'll see if you head over to Dirge Mag. The headline is Red Lips, Black Heart, the Allure of the Predatory Lesbian Vampire in Film. Uh, Peter the Hermit, Hollywood's First Oddball. Haley Shafo is making makeup witchcraft real with classes in New York City. And Heroes of Horrorcore, a look at rap's most sinister subgenre. So that's quite a mix of topics right at the front page. So when you go to Durs, you're definitely going to get your dark arts, counterculture, uh, <laughs> lots of awesome stuff going on there. But we're here today to talk about kind of the who, what, when, where, why, how this awesome mag got started, what its purpose is, and how folks can get hip to what's going on with Durs Mag and get hip to it. So we'll start with you, Jinx. I think you were the, kind of the founder, the, uh, the one who maybe put this thing together. So tell us how Dirge Magazine got started. Um, okay, let's see. We It was about uh, December 2014 um, when we went live. And at the time, I was kind of looking around online and I was looking at uh, dark fiction literary magazines and I was looking at um, a lot of the horror magazines that were around. And I found that I wasn't finding stuff that I was really interested in or I would have to dig really deep into mainstream sites to find uh, things that were kind of of my particular aesthetic or interest. And I started thinking, well, you know, if I'm into this, uh, you know, and I'm also into that, other people probably are too. So maybe it would be uh, good to consolidate all of these dark subjects into one place and really kind of apply a heavy editorial standard to it. Um, so really, Dirge was kind of born of a, a general dissatisfaction with what was available at the time. Renee, how did you get uh, involved with Dirge uh, You know, Actually, it's funny because you would think that being Jinx's right hand that I have some kind of a qualification or something. But, <laughs> but what happened was I knew somebody that was working with Dirge there in the early days and she saw an article I had posted up on a website that I was slowly allowing to die. And they thought that Dirge readers would like it, so they asked to reprint it, and then Jinx and I started talking, and that was a year and a half ago, and we have literally not stopped talking since then. <laughs> I did. It's like, <laughs> sometimes we sleep, and that's, that's about it. So how would you say Dirge kind of differs from other websites out there? What makes Dirge kind of stand out from everybody else? Well, with all due respect, for one thing, we heavily edit our 
pieces and we're really picky about what we do. So I think that's one way in which we stand out a lot. And we also just don't cover a lot of horror, to be perfectly honest. A lot a lot of people think that we're a horror website and we're we're really not. We talk about it if it's um, very relevant or there's some, you know, cultural spin on it usually. But for the most part, uh, you get a lot of these horror blogs and even the big, big horror sites were like uh, some something like Fangoria, which, by the way, I'm, I'm a big fan of what uh, Fangoria does. But they cover absolutely everything that comes out. So, like, you know, when Zombie Beaver Blob Tits 4 comes out, <laughs> they're going to they put down. it on the front page. Um, hey, to be fair, that was a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I really think after three, though, there was nowhere left for them to go with the franchise. <laughs> the narrative was just complete. <laughs> but <laughs> as I'm sitting here, my zombie beaver blob tits three t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> with my bobblehead all over my desk. I have a shrine to that particular movie. But yeah, so I think that they kind of get really, really, really specific for super, super hardcore horror fans, whereas we're uh, more for a general appeal, people who just like dark things but aren't super fans of a specific thing, whether it's literature or movies or porn. <laughs> we, we talk about <laughs> porn, too. So we, we kind of try to cover it all. We're, we're more, I would say, in that respect, a, a lifestyle magazine. I would add to that real quick, though. What I think is kind of interesting is that when we do go for the newer horror stuff and we kind of geek out about it, it just doesn't get the same response um, <laughs> that the more serious stuff gets. And and that's fine because there is, like Jinx said, there's a lot of places that we can go to find other people geeking out about horror movies. But it is interesting. Every once in a while, I'm like, come on, like, no, nobody wants to read my funny listicle about piranha. Like, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> as far you just mentioned response, as far as response, which which kind of articles do you feel has got have gotten the most response so far? Any particular category? I would say we're probably getting <laughs> the most in style, which is something that we've really expanded a lot recently. We've really done a lot more with that and given it its own space kind of within Dirge. It has its own fan page and its own Instagram now that are both doing really, really well. Oh, nice. Um, and we did that because we were like, to keep up with the demand, we would just be flooding our main page with style stuff. So we kind of needed a place for people that were more specifically interested in that. Um, otherwise, I would say our culture articles do really well. Sex articles obviously do really well. And books and games are definitely um, on the rise right now, too. I actually started listening to, uh, how do you say it, Be Behemoth or Behemoth? I don't know. <laughs> After I read the article about the uh, the sex, sort of creepy, sexy music videos, I started oh. listening to Behemoth a lot. Uh, Behemoth is the Behemoth. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, you guys have a lot of like cool variation of different kinds of topics that I think anyone that's into dark culture can sort of just jump into. I was going to say, I think part of that is because a lot of people do a lot of sites and magazines do some of what we do. And that's their thing is that music is what they do or horror movies are what they do. And and we recognize that. So when someone comes to us with a pitch, it's like, okay, but what can dirge say that nobody else has said about it? How can we make this new and interesting to people? And I think people recognize that and it makes a difference in where they choose to go. So you could you could read about music, heavy metal music or dark music 
probably a hundred different places. Are there any other topics that you haven't touched on yet that you're interested in touching on in the future? You know, what's funny about that is you keep saying touching on and I immediately go <laughs> to a really just disgusting place. Like you have to understand <laughs> when I say that Jinx and I started talking a year and a half ago and haven't stopped, um, it might sound like, oh, we just work so hard <laughs> that we're always talking <laughs> 90% of it is um, is just total Dick bullshit. Dick and fart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so I'm sorry, but that's where my brain went. Um, yes, we are. We will cover touching on things. Yes. <laughs> what about fart jokes? Will you cover dark, dark, dark culture? Farts. Fart. Hashtag dark farts. <laughs> I read a headline yesterday. I didn't click on it because I didn't want to know um, about some Olympic pool being shut down because it mm. smelled like fart. Oh. So maybe we could start doing sports coverage. We <laughs> do it in. horror style. Like one smart man, he <laughs> smelt fart. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally, that's totally my demographic. So if you're, looking to, if you're looking to tap into my demographic, then that's good. So you did mention on your website, you make it pretty clear in the the about page um, that, you know, you're committed to not having uh, clickbait, having some sort of journalistic integrity when it comes to the stories that you deliver. What's what sort of developed that mindset going into the stories that you produce? Jason? Oh, man, um, <laughs> there are small subjects. <laughs> there right? are some sites out there that are just just shit. They're just entirely predicated on shit. So what I picture is going on at these places is that these these people are just sitting around just Googling furiously anything, any like keyword they can think of, and they just fire out, you know, 50 or 100 words about it. And it's just, and they don't have anything to say. They're just like, look, 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 look. And that's just within our our demographic, like our, our kind of milieu here. Um, and when you're talking about clickbait in the broader uh, journalistic sense, honestly, I th it is what is f just fucking up the Internet for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. Click-based advertising is just cancer, in my opinion. It's the reason people are doing bad journalism. They're, they're not worried about telling the truth or fact-checking about anything because they don't have time. They don't care. They don't give a shit. They're just like, just get it through, mill it, you know, make the slurry, get it out there, get the clicks, because that's mm -hmm. all they care about. And that's, that's what their right. numbers are. And to be perfectly honest with you, it's really hard to make money doing this without subscribing to that way of making money. There's a reason that everybody does it. There's a reason that it's so popular and there's a reason that it's so viral that people share this stuff. It's really, really easy. But to kind of get back to your original question, why we chose to not go that route, uh, it, honestly, it's I wanted to put out a magazine that I wanted to read and that I would be proud to share with people. And that it just isn't something I could do doing a lot of bait and switch bullshit. And, and now our readers absolutely hold us accountable for it. <laughs> what they do. So, Actually, yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a really funny story. What was the article about the other day? Uh, Alexander McQueen's skin. That's right. Okay, so there's this article that's been floating around that is saying that this um, fashion designer is cl like cloning Alexander McQueen's skin to make coats and handbags. Mm. And right away, I was like, no, no, they're not. Do you know what it takes to, to clone 18 yards of skin? That's ridiculous. <laughs> and so once you really dug into it, you found out that no, she didn't have any of 
the material. She didn't have anything. And she wasn't even serious about doing it in the first place. The reason she was uh, proposing this and filed a patent for it was really just to make a statement about owning your own DNA. So, it, you know, like who who owns your DNA if they get their hands on it? What can they do with it? What can they do with your genetic material? Which was a point very worth making and a really interesting way to do it. But the, the media just turned it into somebody's cloning Alexander McQueen's ass and making. <laughs> and so I was like, what the fuck? So he put together a little satirical <laughs> kind of just like, you know, a little rebuttal to this. And we gave it satirical. Just the headline was. Yeah, it was just a criticism of this whole thing and clarifying it and being like, this is why And we called out the outlets that were were being the worst about it. Um, but to to be funny, I gave it this like super clickbait headline that was like, nobody's cloning shit to do with Alexander McQueen and you won't guess what happens next. <laughs> and our fans went ape shit. They were like, wow, clickbait bullshit. You're turning into every kind of piece of internet garbage. I'd expect better from you. Like they were <laughs> handing us our asses all day on our wall. Like, guys, calm down. Guys, calm down. Guys, please. Just click it. It's a joke. Just click it. Yeah. And then and then you're begging someone to click something that looks like clickbait. And they're like, I'm on to you. Like, <laughs> so we're like, okay, duly noted. Not only do we not do clickbait, but we can't choose to do clickbait in the future. <laughs> Even if you want to. <laughs> our readers will kill us. Like literally kill us. I believe that we that our bodies <laughs> will be found like a week later and everyone's gonna be like, uh You won't believe what happens next. <laughs> You won't believe what happened to Dirge Magazine staff. Number eight will shock you. People are wearing their skin. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what sort of hexes and shit have been can be put on you uh, if you step out of line. That's a very so. real concern with our readers. We have, lot, yeah, we have a lot of witches that read our, our magazine. That's not... Sure For sure. <laughs> I did true. not think this through. <laughs> and you talked about making money. Making these things monetary is always uh, important. Um, you have a Patreon page for folks who want to support the cause. How's the Patreon going so far for you guys? Uh, we set it up uh, quite a while ago. Um, I would say probably about six or seven months ago. Um, and we've we've experimented with it a lot to really kind of find our, our stride there, which is an ongoing process. Because Patreon as a crowdfunding platform is kind of... Is relatively new. I'll admit, okay, when when we started the Patreon, I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I barely want to give things to people on Kickstarter, let alone give people things every month. So I was a skeptic myself. But what I think really works for us in this regard is that our, our Patreon is like, we bring them into our fold. So they get real access to us and we ask them questions about what they want to see and what they like and what they do. And we connect with them the same way we connect with our writers and um, other staff members. And I think people really, if you're used to getting things for free, which this is the internet, everybody's used to getting things for free. And we right. ask you to subscribe. You're going to be like, man, fuck you. Like I can, I can get plenty of stuff to read for free. But what we're doing is asking people to kind of join our family and, uh, come hang out with us on in, in a private Facebook group and let us give them stuff. Uh, you know, people like that. People like having like a cool little dark corner of the internet to hide out in while they're at work. And they definitely like getting free stuff. We've got so many amazing things to give away. I had to like empty out the closet in my office and build shelves to sort it all out and stuff. So I think it's going, I mean, these kind of things are, you know, they're a long con. Like you can't um, expect that like, okay, we started Patreon 
last month and now we make millions of dollars. But um, I think it's going well and that we have like this really great little um, core of support. It is growing. We're hoping to grow it more, obviously. These are the readers that hold us accountable because they understand that, that they could be the ones holding us accountable or it could be some kind of shitty advertiser that um, wants to make our website look like a weird amalgamation of shitty flash ads or whatever. So, But they hold us accountable and get what we're doing and like what we're doing. And we get to know them and they get to know us. And it, I don't know. It's been cool. It's been I'm sold on the idea of Patreon now where in the beginning I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if we can do this. I think it's amazing. And I think that people really respond to it if you do it the way we do it, which is like, come on, come hang out with us. Be like, come join the, the Dirge fam, which is what we call our whole thing. And it's very culty. And we, we did explain <laughs> to the, the Patreon supporters in one of the first videos. I do weekly videos for them. One of the first videos, we explained that we are a cult. And um, we do, we actually worship Adam Scott, which <laughs> is odd, but it's true. And that they don't have to they don't have to join the cult if they don't want to, but they should be aware that that's what's going on. And, and what, you know what kind of cult gives you that choice? I mean you know, <laughs> I like that flexibility. You don't have to give me any of your worldly possessions. Uh, you don't have to sleep with me, which I got voted down on. And we don't sacrifice anybody who doesn't want to be sacrificed. So I mean, it's a pretty as cults go. You know, you could do a lot worse. And we actually give stuff to them too. So that's that's nice. Could you give us an example of some of those awesome giveaways that you, know you guys what? have? I have two really big things that I haven't told the Patreon people about, Ooh. so I can't can't tell you guys mm. about that because that would be fucked up, right? But, uh, <laughs> but maybe let's you see. Should. Maybe I should. Well, okay. So we have a Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab sent us a bunch of really like beautiful scents that they've they've done. We got beautiful prints from Poison Apple Print Shop. We've got books. We've got CDs. I'm standing in my wear closet now. Um, <laughs> ah. Torture Couture has done uh, several pieces for us. We've given one away. We have three more. So it's a, a custom-made dirge pendant and two like really cool planchette keychains. The Jax candles, I don't know if you guys have seen those. I actually backed them on Kickstarter when they were coming out. They're these really cool skull candle holders. And then nice. the brain is the candle. And when you burn it, it, it melts out through their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And they smell really good, which is like a major plus. So yeah, I got a whole box of stuff from Ball and Chain Company, and yeah, I don't know. We're always talking to people and figuring out how to get the cool stuff, and I'm really excited to. I, I love doing it. It's like reverse Christmas. I would love doing it more, I guess, if I got to keep all of it. But I get to, I get to like have this moment where it's mine and it's in my office, and my office smells like really amazing because all the <laughs> stuff's good. And then I get to like you know, bring joy to the people who are helping us do our thing. And um, I, I mentioned, I did a video yesterday that we actually, it was for the Patreons, but we publish it on the regular Facebook too. It's not just that they support us financially, which is obviously desperately needed. <laughs> um, but there is that community I was talking about and they get what we're doing and they get why we're doing it and why it's important. And we love them. Like I love, I love our Patreons. I love giving them stuff. I love, you know, the weird inside jokes that we've created in, in that group now. So you have to be a part of the Patreon to get into the secret yes. group. Okay. And then they can check out the Patreon is at patreon.com slash dirge magazine for folks who I think should probably check that out and support the cause. 
One thing that fascinates me definitely about Dirge Magazine and, uh, um, and publishing in general is kind of the inner workings of kind of how things come together and how the stories get written and how the writers get brought in. Could you, Jinx, uh, succinctly maybe summarize kind of how you go about the operation of getting a, an article from maybe concept to print um, on, on the site? Sure. Um, we have a group on Facebook uh, called the Dirge Bullpen, and it's pretty much all the um, all the Dirge writers and staff are in there. And it works a lot like a real uh, newsroom might work, um, where we're kind of constantly showing each other new stuff and kind of pitching articles all the time. So what we have our writers do is go in there and just pitch article ideas. And sometimes, most of the time, they'll come in with their own thing, you know, something they, they think up, and they'll kind of pitch it in there. We'll all kind of workshop it and, you know, kind of hone it into the best possible idea. And then once I approve that, one of our managing editors will go through and contact the writer and kind of give them their word count, give them their deadline, and put it on the schedule. And we use back-end organizational software called Trello, which is actually really, really indispensable for us in this process. Um, so they'll kind of put that in Trello, and then we go in and can look and assign articles to editors. And then it kind of moves through our process as people edit it and work on it. So we have, like, it's like an article assembly line. So then they move through and go on the uh, on the, at the end of the schedule, I take a look at it, I fully approve it, and then it's ready to go online. So then we just work it in where it fits in best in our publishing schedule. Our bread and butter on this show is uh, fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we interview lots of uh, fantasy writers primarily, and uh, mm-hmm. we're interested in getting more horror or sci-fi or you know all sure. people from different walks of life. One thing you're focusing on is publishing fiction as well. I suppose I, we can announce this. You're doing a, a Richard Lee Byers collab in 2017. Uh, I know him from Forgotten Realms. Could you talk yep. a little bit about that some more and also talk about you know what you're looking for uh, as you publish fiction? As far as uh, Richard is concerned, I, I was also a big um, RLB fan from his Haunted Lands series is what hooked me originally. Um, and I thought that was some of the best uh, just like dark fiction in that particular uh, universe. It was some of, some of my favorite Forgotten Realms books were his. And read some of his short stories and, and kind of started talking to him a little bit on Facebook and um, just here and there. And as we kind of moved on, I started thinking I wanted to um, do a book imprint through Dirge. And uh, if if we did do that, I wanted to go in a, in a dark fantasy direction, among other um, kind of things we wanted to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, huge dark fantasy fan. And Grimdark fan, which is, you know, how I, I found out about you guys. Um, and so I, I, I approached him and we just talked a little bit about what what's kind of out there now and where kind of in his career, you know, this might fit. And what we um, what we discussed is doing uh, as kind of our, our initial offering uh, with our Dirge Books imprint. Um a dark, an original dark fantasy series from him in his own a world of his own creation. Um, cause, uh, Richard has done a lot of work in other settings. Um, and I've read a good bit of his own, um, his own settings fiction. It's really fascinating stuff. He's a super, super creative, 
um, really, really intelligent guy. So I want to see, I, I really want to see what he can do on his own in a, in a nice dark environment where he's just kind of allowed to play and allowed to uh, develop characters and carry this, this narrative forward through hope, well, hopefully uh, an entire series of books and spinoff books, you know, hopefully he can do that until he's done writing if he's ever done writing. <laughs> um, but maybe that could even become the kind of IP that other authors, you know, line up to write in one day. Um, but that's where I want to go with him. I really want to take uh, Richard Lee Byers and turn him loose in his own, um, on his own terms. That's awesome. When can we expect the first title in that um, series? We still have think? a lot to do. Uh, we're, we're right now we're, we're okay. kind of in the preliminary, like we're, we're down to do it phase. Um, but okay. we'll probably cool. do a Kickstarter for it next year. Um, Sweet. and you know, I've kind of, I've watched the guys at Ragnarok. I've watched, uh, Adrian with uh, Grimdark magazine. Like I, I'm in really good company, um, with a lot of really sure. smart people for this sort of thing. So mm-hmm. you can definitely expect me to reach out to those guys and collaborate with them for something like that too. Sounds like we probably are going to have to get maybe you guys and maybe Richard on the show in the future when that series is coming together to maybe get the word out about the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the Might other be thing fun, we're doing I'm with thinking. fiction and we're getting a little bit closer to that actually being published is we are doing a serial on the website that's going to be going through next year. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So um, we ran it as a contest and we kind of just didn't really put a lot of parameters on what we wanted because so, we wanted just to see what people would throw at us. And um, we're down to nine finalists. And they're working on their first entry now, like their what their first chapter of the serial would be. And we've got a group of readers selected that are going to go over it. Um, people that read the magazine, people who are likely to read fiction rather than just someone who's like, eh, I don't like it, but I don't really read fiction. Um, <laughs> and we've got yeah. some really like, I, this is like, honestly, it's one of those things where these, these final nine, I want every single one of them to be written. Mm hmm. But we can only afford to pay for one of them. So I'm really hoping mm. that that whatever one we end up with is is as fantastic as it seems right now. And then those other eight people find a way to do their, their projects and let us know about it. Because like any time you put out an open call, of course, there was stuff that, that we were like, yeah, I don't know about that. But we could get just like a, a surprising amount of really interesting, really good, really well thought out um, serial pitches. So it, at this point, it might be folk horror. It might be uh, serial killer fiction. It might be a little bit more mystery based. Like we just I can't even tell you the genre because we got so many varied entries and we ended up with the nine <laughs> that just seemed like so exciting that we couldn't stop thinking about. And um Mm-hmm. And somehow we're going to have to choose just one. So that's why I, I can only, <laughs> that's why I put right. it on other people. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. Okay. Group. Tell me which one it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine with your varied uh, readership that the slush pile was far, was very interesting. Uh, I'm sure you got a, a wide variety of, of entries to, to oh, pick yeah. through. So, uh, and when, when you decide uh, on that serial 
fiction title that that you're going to go with and publish. What 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 can readers expect? Is that going to be like a weekly check-in, or, or what's going to be the delivery for that? Uh, it, the plan is just to have it be monthly. Um, so it's just going to run once okay. a month for a year. Excellent. Is this is is this tied we, into the Patreon at all, or is it uh, Patreon or Kickstarter? Patreon's paying for this one, yeah. So okay. that's one of the things that that we're able to do with Patreon, and we're hoping. And well, I don't know. Jinx might tell you to edit this out because I didn't talk to him about saying anything about this before <laughs> we started. But we're hoping that maybe we can kind of uh, do a push on the Patreon to be able to pay for some artwork to go with yeah. it as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. You know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but it's really exciting to have something new and interesting that that the patrons definitely came on board because they wanted to see the fiction and um, we're, we're going to have something really cool to show them. So that's awesome. Sounds great, man. There's so many awesome things going on at Dirge and we're almost out of time here. I mean, there's so many topics and, and <laughs> awesome things to cover because the, there's so many just cool topics that the magazine covers, but I wanted to definitely make sure that uh, people listening to the episode will be able to step away and fully get engaged with Dirge magazine. So Renee, could you maybe tell us how ideally how you would like to, to our listeners to get engaged with, with Dirge magazine after they're done listening, where should they go and how, how should they well, check come to the Facebook page? Um, <laughs> come to the, we don't do comments <laughs> on the articles because we don't want to spend, uh, like manpower or woman power. Um, <laughs> Person, person power <laughs> moderating that when we could instead be bringing you really great articles, but we have a Facebook page and we have, a lot, you know, I really want to see people engaging there and, and talking to us and responding to things and, um, starting a conversation there. Uh, we have a really amazing Instagram and, uh, Jinx mentioned the style dirge style has its own Instagram. So if that's your deal, like you like makeup, you like clothes or anything like that, you want to get on that one. Um, and then the, obviously the best way to do it is to kick in a couple bucks to the Patreon and join our, the Patreon group, uh, which we call the spanking coven. Um, <laughs> and it's an amazing fun group. And I like, I, it's some of the best part of my day. Facebook is hell, right? It's, there's oh, a lot of horrible right, shit right. on Facebook, especially right now. But <laughs> I go into my little Patreon group with our awesome dirge fam and it's, it's the little pocket of awesome. So definitely, if you got a couple extra bucks a month, that's the place to be on Facebook. Yeah, and even a dollar, just just a buck, will can get you in and you know winning stuff. So it doesn't, it really doesn't take much, and that all adds up. Yeah, for sure. Excellent, excellent. Well, dirgemag.com is is the website on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, social media, everywhere. People can check out uh, the magazine and get engaged and check out those awesome counterculture uh, entertainment lifestyle articles that uh, are just amazingly entertaining. And uh, man, I was gl- I'm really glad that we finally got got to get uh, Renee and Jinx here on the show today, uh, guys. It's been a great conversation because it's a, a wonderful magazine, and I really hope that folks can head over to the Patreon and check it out and throw in a few bucks uh, for the cause and keep this this thing going because I think it's a really awesome publication. And uh, man, best of luck to the both of you uh, with this magazine. And I'm pretty sure this is not the last time you'll be <laughs> on the show as well. I'm pretty sure we're gonna we'll have more conversations down the road for our listeners as well. Jinx and Renee, uh, for folks who maybe want to connect with you individually on social media, do you have a Facebook or a Twitter that they can track you down? Um, I am at Rasher Pick, R Asher Pick. 
on Twitter. Um, I don't use it a ton, but when I use it, I'm usually drunk and live tweeting old movies. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and then I have my, my Facebook page. I have like one of those like fan page things. I never update it cause no one ever sees it, but you come follow me on regular Facebook and most of my stuff is public and we'll play and we'll have fun. And if you're a dick, I'll block you, but you know, Hey, <laughs> don't be a dick. And what about I'm, you, Jinx? Uh, I'm Jinx Strange pretty much everywhere, um, especially in my own home. Okay. And um, <laughs> Instagram uh, is probably where I'm most active. And I'm Strange Jinx on uh, Twitter because some douchebag has Jinx Strange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure did that just to fuck with me. And just <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm much. sure it is. Um, but that's the only one. So I'm Jinx Strange everywhere else, and I'm Strange Jinx there. And you can find me on Facebook. I'm pretty much everywhere. So Awesome. So people can check out uh, the links in the show notes. We'll have links to the Patreon, to the website, to the Twitters, to the Facebook, so people can uh, can check those out as well. But thanks again, uh, folks, for coming on the show. Definitely appreciate it today. Uh, we're available on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash the Grim Tidings Podcast. And we actually have our mm-hmm. domain mm-hmm. forthcoming. The Grim Tidings Podcast.com is in That's the world. That's awesome sauce. Yeah. We're leg- too, too legit, legit to quit. Cool. <laughs> so definitely check that out. Yeah, so that's that's in the works. But uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, on behalf of Philip Overby, Phil, thanks yes, for hanging out. Thank you, brother. And uh, we'll <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for listening to this edition of the Grim Tidings podcast. We will see you next time. Right. So long. Bye bye. Thanks, guys.